Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors we have with us on this first Sunday after Christmas, this year following immediately after Christmas. It's a joy to be here in God's house, hearing his word and receiving his gifts, and we do have that great joy of receiving Christ's body and blood this day. And so in accord with our Lord's word, who desires us to be in union regarding our confession, we do ask that all those present be either members of this congregation or members of a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation, if they are to receive the Lord's Supper this day. At this time, I'll turn your attention to the focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin. This is a summary of our readings for the day. A rod has come forth from the stem of Jesse, the seed of David, whose kingdom shall be established forever. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, Jesus, to redeem us from the judgment of the law. And now he is presented in the temple in fulfillment of the law and revealed to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to our people Israel. Christ has enlightened us in baptism, giving us to be adopted as sons of God and heirs of eternal life. Receiving the holy sacrament of his body and blood, we are prepared to depart this world in peace, for our eyes have seen the salvation of God in him. Just a, a note regarding the service, as we come to those final three hymns, uh, please note that the first one is, as it is on the hymn board, 381. Uh, it's listed in the bulletin as 331. We'll follow the, the hymn board. It'll be 381 when we come to that last uh, three hymns in our service. Our service setting this day is divine service setting four. As it begins on page 203, we now sing the first hymn. O God, our maker and redeemer, you wonderfully created us, and in the incarnation of your Son yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday after Christmas is from Isaiah chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And, the del and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapter 4. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God the Father, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. 
This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Our sermon text for this first Sunday after Christmas is from the Gospel, Luke chapter 2, verses 28 to 31. Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what had been said about him. This is our text. Well, beloved in the Lord, this is the earliest that the first Sunday after Christmas can fall, and yet on this second day of our Christmas season, while our joy and celebration, it continues in earnest. In the gospel, we hear of Jesus being brought to the temple in Jerusalem in order to fulfill the laws of purification set forth in the law of Moses, something which he, though an infant, was quite familiar with, himself being the author it's quite the picture of our, as our infant Lord Jesus is brought into his temple to fulfill his law for you. This is just one of the many profound things going on in the gospel today. However, this, the event which brings us, which brings together rather, the, brings all of this together, forgive me, is the meeting of an old saint named Simeon to whom God had made a special promise, a promise which flows to you this day from our Lord's very altar. As we dig into this rich text, it's worth it to get a little context first. At his circumcision on the eighth day, Jesus has already begun fulfilling God's law in our place. 
This is the only the beginning of what will be a life lived perfectly in order to redeem lowly sinners like you and like me through the shedding of his blood on the cross. And so today in our reading, 40 days after his birth, Jesus is brought into his temple in order to fulfill the law of Moses. Now this is accomplished through his poor but faithful earthly parents. Now of all the offerings prescribed in the law of Moses, the offering of two turtle doves, that is, well, the humblest and the least costly. And it tells us that Mary and Joseph, they were likely poor. They wanted to keep God's law, but they could not afford a higher priced offering. So here they are, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, just humbly going into the temple to offer the prescribed sacrifices and fulfill the law until their plans are, well, you could say, interrupted in a very special way. This is how St. Luke describes it. He writes, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. Now, needless to say, this did not happen to every single child that came to the temple for this purpose. Simeon was given a special blessing by God. It had been revealed to him that he would see the long-promised Messiah and Savior of the world before his earthly life ended. Then on a seemingly ordinary day, the Son of God and Savior of Israel came into his temple. And the word given to Simeon, well, that was fulfilled. His waiting was over. And with what words did Simeon bless the Lord? Well, you're familiar with them. You know them quite well. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. This short but beautiful song is born of a thankful heart, which by the Holy Spirit has heard and believed the word of God. Simeon holds in his hands the one through whom all things were made. In the temple, where countless lambs and other animals are being sacrificed in order to keep the law, Simeon holds in his hands the very Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world on the cross of Calvary. You see, Simeon can now depart this world in true peace, knowing that his Lord and Savior is born, and that the Lord has kept his word to him. Simeon holds the little literal object of his faith in his hands. And in this way, Simeon personifies all of God's Old Testament people who had heard and believed God's promises concerning the coming Savior, the promised seed of Eve. Simeon holds the promises of God in his arms. And the long-promised salvation God has prepared in the presence of all peoples in the person of his only begotten Son. Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of God's people Israel. I mean, this is a beautiful and remarkable section of Holy Scripture. But, you know, especially that we're now into our third day in a row of celebrating, you might just be kind of wondering under your breath, so what? Right? Sure, the biblical and theological meaning of this text is absolutely profound. We've not even begun to scratch the surface of what's going on here. But... Why does all of this matter to you? Well, because in so many ways, you are reflected in Simeon, as you yourselves this day will receive your Lord and Savior, the one who is your peace at this blessed altar. 
You see, Simeon holds your Savior in his arms. You know, we often take for granted the gifts of God in Christ Jesus. We are blessed by God beyond measure. We can't even begin to comprehend it. But we can still, in the weakness of our sinful flesh, forget that, you know, we don't deserve either God's blessings or his love. We can and we do forget that our forgiveness and salvation, it is all about God's grace in Christ for the sake of Christ. You being the beneficiaries. This fact is clearly seen in Simeon's words. It's a detail that we don't often get because we're, we're singing through these beautiful words and, well, it just kind of gets lost. But Simeon says you and your, referencing the Lord, six times in this short blessing. Listen to the words again. I'll emphasize them so that you can, you can hear them a little more clearly. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Now notice, dear saints, that the peace comes from God according to his word and it flows to you. It's not your word. It's not mine. The salvation is from God, not you. And it has been prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles because they too are loved by God and for glory to God's chosen people, Israel, through whom the Messiah came. As sinners, we deserve nothing from God but his never-ending wrath and condemnation as we confessed at the beginning of the service. And yet he blesses us with the full and complete forgiveness of all our sin, with life everlasting in his presence, with salvation from the devil. All of this comes through repentant faith in Jesus Christ, which the Holy Spirit gives to you by means of his holy word and sacraments. You know, if we're honest with ourselves and with God, we often treat his word and sacraments as, well, second-rate gifts. We end up valuing the passing treasures of this world, which thieves break in and steal and moth and rust destroy, far more than what our Savior offers and gives to us quite regularly. In his word, in his absolution, in holy baptism, and in his supper, we have the gifts of heaven itself. Heaven itself opened up unto you. God be praised for his mercy. Now, Simeon in our text, he's described as righteous and devout, but his righteousness is not his own, as it is with us. It came through faith in the Savior Jesus, just the same as us. And yet, Simeon serves as an example for all of us. His devotion to God's word and promises is evident in the joy that bursts forth from him when he realizes that the baby before him, indeed the baby in his hands, is the Savior, God in the flesh. Folks, I want you to think about this for a second. When you gather for the divine service, are you just going through the motions? Or have you come hungering and thirsting for righteousness because you know that Christ will give you here exactly what it is that you need most? Forgiveness, consolation, peace, and comfort that only he can give. The very thing which he does give. When absolution is given to you, do you rejoice at Christ's forgiveness or do you mechanically move to the next part of the liturgy, just kind of wondering how the Chiefs might fare in the playoffs this year? When the Word of God is read to you, do you treat it as an opportunity to check the bulletin announcements? Or do you rejoice that the living God, the very God who spoke this world into being by means of His Word, is speaking to you now, giving to you His peace and His grace? Is the sermon a Sunday morning catnap? I know it would be tempting to be so on the third day in a row. Or do you listen to the voice of the shepherd God has given to you 
imperfect as he is, because he's preaching God's word and its truth and purity, to call you to repentance, to give to you Christ's forgiveness and strength and faith in this hostile and sin-corrupted world. Then, of course, there is our Lord's Holy Supper, which he lavishes upon us. What a wondrous feast of God's grace. Just as Simeon held the infant Jesus, so you hold the living Christ in your hands, his true body and true blood, as you receive the whole Christ in the meal. This blessed gift is given to you for your forgiveness and good conscience before God. This is the gift of Christ for his baptized and instructed people, which gives to you salvation, eternal life. It's given to all who believe his words, given and shed for you. Dear saints, if we fully understood what it is that the Lord gives us in this blessed meal, we'd never miss an opportunity to receive it. We'd be like a man lost in a scorching hot desert who is then offered a drink of water. We'd never go without it. Instead, how often are we tempted by our own sinful flesh to scoff at the extra 10 to 15 minutes added to worship because the sacrament of the altar is given to you, God's saints. O Lord, have mercy upon us, rebellious children that we so very often are. Our Savior offers to us the very feast and treasures of heaven itself, and we, in the weakness of our sinful flesh, we want it to be over, oftentimes as soon as possible. And why? Why? So we can satisfy ourselves with something we find more worthy of our time, attention, and devotion. Oh, dear Christians, repent. Repent and know that in Christ Jesus you have precisely what it is that he won and purchased for you on the cross. Pardon for all of your trespasses. Peace with God. Everlasting life in heaven. These gifts are yours. Therefore, let us turn away from the lies and temptations of the devil and let us rejoice in the true and life-giving word of God, our Savior. The true gift given to us at this Christmas tide. He has given us himself and all the gifts of his kingdom. You see, the peace Simeon received in the infant Savior is the peace given to you in Christ Jesus. He held the Son of God in his hands, rejoicing at God's grace and favor shown to mankind, which was pronounced by the angels. By the Spirit, you too rejoice at God's grace and favor when you hold in your hands the very body and blood of Christ as it is placed upon your tongue. As you hear these words, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Take, drink, this is my blood shed for you. In this way, it is actually Jesus who comes to you. He lifts you up from your sins and burdens, and he blesses you with all the gifts of his cross and his empty tomb. He gives you true peace. He gives you salvation from all your enemies. He gives you light in the midst of your spiritual darkness, and the glory of heaven itself is yours. Then when the supper is ended, having gathered in the presence of Jesus, having received his forgiveness, life, and salvation given in this blessed gift, we too can join Simeon in singing, praying, and rejoicing, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This is why the Song of Simeon is included in the Christian liturgy after the Lord's Supper. These spirit-inspired words are filled with such meaning that the church, we've included them in the liturgy since the 4th century. God's word is a gift. And to thankful saints who have received and beheld Christ's resurrected body and blood, we have no better words of praise and thanksgiving to sing and pray back to our Father than the words that he has given us. In his death and resurrection, Jesus makes us ready to depart in peace, knowing that in him we have all things.
and we cannot be snatched from his hands. This child who was appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel has chosen you in holy baptism, joining you to himself, his death, his resurrection. In Christ, you too are appointed to rise, that is, to be resurrected in glory, just as he is, for you are the Lord's forgiven saints and servants. Therefore, when the divine service ends, you leave God's temple with the forgiveness and blessing of Christ himself, ready to love, serve, and forgive your neighbor with strength given by him. Like the shepherds who heard of Christ's birth, you too can confess this good news of Christ wherever God has called you in your daily life, teaching it to your children, teaching it to each other. We never grow old of the gospel. We always have need of it. You are free to live in the peace of the gospel of Jesus, not fearing death, but living in Christ as you love and serve your neighbors. And in this way, all repentant believers in Jesus embody Simeon. We gather in God's house, waiting for and anticipating the consolation of our souls, and then Christ comes. He comes to us in his word and sacrament, granting us his pardon and peace. And then we go out again. And on this side of paradise, this is the pattern of repentant faith and life in Christ, a pattern that continues until that great and glorious day when our faith becomes our sight. And we see our risen Lord and Savior in the full glory, splendor, and peace of paradise for all eternity. It will never end. And on that day, we can sing again, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, for your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. May our Lord keep us in that one true faith until the day we do depart in his peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Eternal Lord God, in the fullness of time you sent forth your Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us and give us the adoption as your sons and heirs. Hear us, Father, as we call to you in his name. Give us grace to rejoice in Christ's blessed incarnation and grant us a glad new year. Lord, in your mercy. Lead your church, Lord, to follow the example of blessed Simeon, that all baptized Christians would embrace the Christ child by word and faith and so be ready to depart whenever they are called. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, from whom all fatherhood on earth is named, bless the families of all Christians with your promises. Give parents diligence and delight in their work and grant your favor on all children that they may grow in strength and wisdom. Bless all widows, orphans, and broken families also with your mercy and give them joy in the redemption you have won for us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, your Son alone is judge of the earth who decides all matters in equity and righteousness. Let us entrust ourselves to Christ and likewise delight in the fear of the Lord. Let us not put our trust in princes and leaders of this world who must judge by what they see and hear. We pray for their health and wisdom and ask that we may honor them for the sake of conscience before you. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, help the sick and suffering, especially those who desire our prayers. Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Surround them with your love in Christ, and according to your gracious will, heal them. Comfort all who mourn, especially Helen Tate, 
Patsy Bagline and the Lair family and fill their hearts with the certain hope of the resurrection for all those who have faith in Christ and die in that peace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Let all who come to the sacrament of the altar this day see their salvation in the very body and blood of Christ, given them to eat and to drink. Let all return home like blessed Simeon, well prepared to depart in peace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We give thanks for our brothers and sisters who have departed in, in the peace of faith. Bring us with them to see with our own eyes the light of the nations and the glory of Israel. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And to your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, once again, Merry Christmas. Merry We still continue celebrating for our full 12-day season here, rejoicing at Christ's birth. Uh, just a handful of announcements here before we depart this morning. Of course, immediately following service, uh, Sunday school and Bible study. And then this coming Saturday, January 1st, is our New Year's Day matins service. And we will have the installation of officers, so please note that. Uh, and then also I would uh, encourage you to take a look at both of these announcements here concerning Sunday, January 9th. Um, as we'll have a special door offering in order to help those who have been affected by the tornadoes and storms uh, in the southern part of our state, as well as Arkansas, Kentucky, and Illinois. There are details as to the offering there in the uh, bulletin. And then also we'll be hosting Shane Smithson, a, a representative from the Missouri Synod Office of National Mission, who will be speaking on a, a range of topics there. They're included in your bulletin. Uh, and at this time, uh, David Kirsten has a uh, an announcement, a word that he would like to share with us. So, David, if you wouldn't mind just standing up where you're at and sharing that uh, that word with us, please. I don't know the sorry uh, proper words to use. The words, let me get composed. The words thank you seem so small, but I am determined to create success out of adversity. I will not, not fail. I have far too much to be thankful for all the prayers and all the kindnesses. I would express this to the people of the school in Michigan and they were amazed. They said, people don't do that. I said, I live in Morford. And they do. And yes, it's okay to laugh at me. I will waddle up and down the aisle and bounce along the sidewalls. And it's okay. Because God is not finished with me. Thanks to the people here. Thank you. Well, David, we are so very thankful for, uh, for your presence among us in the body of Christ and for the ways in which God has blessed us with you and with Nigel. Uh, and and if, you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, we'll join together in thanking God by singing the doxology. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks be to God for all His good gifts. We're thankful to have, uh, have David and Nigel among us. Well, as uh, we come to a close this day, God's peace be with you as uh, so it was with Simeon. Having now received the Christ, our Savior, we can depart in peace, knowing that we have peace with God and the promise of heaven uh, before us. I'll greet you at the door. Merry Christmas.